Welcome to Deconstructing Damsels, where we usually talk about books, but this time you're going to hear all about how Sven and I met, what's life like, maybe a few inappropriate comments here and there. Oh, and you'll find out maybe what we call each other outside the bedroom. Don't y'all get naughty. It's not that kind of podcast. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today's episode is going to be all about us because it's Valentine's Day, right? Yes. Hello. Talking. Hello. Oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. I think that's going to be a running gag for us. Typically with us, it already is. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Someone's got to be the straight man. Someone's got to be the crooked man. Guess who's the straight man in this relationship? <laughs> All right. So, how would you describe how we met? Hmm. I would say that it's kind of a typical way for uh, the modern age. In that uh, we were both on the dating website, which... Actually, we can name it, can we? Mm-hmm. It was uh, the much-feared and maligned okay Cupid. I don't know about maligned is a bad thing, because I've seen some of the people on OkCupid. Yeah, I mean, it is maligned for a good reason. It's not like it doesn't deserve it. (laughs) Oh, yes. For those that are younger, think of Tinder before Tinder. Yeah, something a little bit like that. A little bit Tinder, a little bit Facebook, a little bit... Well, I already said Facebook. I don't have to say invasive data collection again. (laughs) And screwing with algorithms just because, why not? Social Mm -hmm. experiments are fun. Mm -hmm. Which is a whole big thing that came out after we were dating, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Ask any disgraced YouTuber. It's always a social experiment. (laughs) No, we're not going to bring up certain famous YouTubers that probably should not be around a camera or people or the planet Earth. Oxygen. (laughs) Hence the planet Earth thing. Yes. Okay, so... But, so, we'll describe how we were, what we were doing before we met. So, I was trying to find someone that didn't suck. Very difficult nowadays as a woman on the internet, by the way. It's not exactly the easiest task on the planet because, oh boy, there are some. Before the word incel existed, I met some of them on OkCupid. And the other ones were, I think... (laughs) <laughs> and I think the other ones were actually dating like outside their marriage even if the wife didn't always necessarily know it that that was interesting because when I was trying to find someone I was trying to find someone that I had things in common with because I didn't just want to like get a good bang and run I'd already done that once before I was kind of done with it I was over it and so I was like okay I want someone that I can have a friendship with and so this was my third attempt on OkCupid with three different accounts, three different information, just screwing with the algorithm as well, trying to find someone that didn't suck. And after going through a bunch of people, I came to the conclusion that I had one shot, one shot. And if this didn't work out, I was done dating online, and I was done dating, I was the whole shebang was done. So I happened to look through and I was like, hmm, well, I've got a fairly popular name in my area, and I really don't want to date my third cousins anymore. (laughs) I've dated cousins by accident. Cousins by 
marriage, not by blood, just to, just to clarify. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go outside. So I was looking in places like New York, California. Hell, I even looked in like Iowa. I mean, I was just trying to go outside the box here. And I came to the international section. I was like, well, why not? Then I came upon you. And you can describe your profile now, lover. Uh, if only I remembered the details of my profile, but I think I was fairly honest on it. Mm -hmm. I definitely made a point to uh, mention my political uh, leanings. <laughs> Which anyone that listens to this is no surprise, because it ain't like I had my political leanings on Twitter too well anyway. <laughs> it ain't no big secret, is it? My present-day Twitter profile actually says left-hearted, if that is any indication. <laughs> and you really are quite large-hearted anyway, so that kind of works out oh, really well. Thank you. <laughs> you know you are. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, but you're way more kinder than I am. Uh, no. Yes. Different kind. This is a normal conversation with us, by the way. We edit <laughs> some of this out normally, but this time... You guys are getting the full deal. So. Lucky you. <laughs> aren't you this? Okay, so. When it came to his profile, I picked it because he had a lot of things in common with me. And that's saying something because I'm kind of. I'm an oddball in many ways because I'm not really A, B, C, or D. Like, I don't necessarily fit in the geek category, but I'm a total nerd. But I'm also a geek. Like, I go to Dragon Con, so geekdom and nerddom, and I'm an academic nerd from the word jump, mm -hmm. to the opposite of, you know, Sven over here. <laughs> so, I kind of was, like, finding a way, and I was listening and reading, and I was like, wow, this person's really familiar. So, and no one never met, he just reminded me a lot of myself. And so I sent him a message, do you remember the first line of the message? I'm not sure if it was the first line, but I distinctively remember you uh, told me that you had to check your pants to see if you're a guy because you thought that my profile might be your profile. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I got his attention. Which was not, not easy at that point in time because I uh, had actually, uh, not all that long before that, uh, kind of given up on dating and love in general. Mm-hmm. I'll agree to that. And... Uh, I wasn't really looking for anyone, but uh, I really liked the way she uh, she started talking to me, and I I liked her personality right away. And I, to begin with, I don't just like ignore people if they're not total garbage bags. So uh, we started talking. Yes, it took all of a day before we started talking in AIM back in the day when that was mm -hmm. a thing. Bloop. Yeah, because I I used aim at the time because it was a lot easier to talk to my different friends in different places because mm. I started talking to people you know from the live journal days so this was a much better easier solution because I could mm. use like oh what was it there was a couple different you know programs where you could trillion that was I could use trillion and put my mm -hmm. aim my yahoo you know back in the day when I had ICQ like I could put all that together in, in one place so yeah it was easier to talk outside of OkCupid and I had also been a long time aim user at that point Yes. So, we got along like a house on fire. Mm -hmm. I'll let your imagination go with that. 
Um, but but there were some ups and downs really quick. Mm. Because I will uh, admit right away, I kind of panicked early on because, again, I had previously told myself that I'm done with love and that I don't want another relationship that's just going to fail within four months like clockwork. So uh, I, I tried to um, bail out early. Within a week, I think. Yeah, no, like three days. Yeah, sounds right. The week, the week was when I was when my patience kind of snapped. And for the record, I have a really big patience level. Like, oh yeah, I don't like. Okay, so not what I'm driving. Let's rearrange it. But I'm from Atlanta, <laughs> so anyone that's driven in Atlanta knows why I have no patience when driving. It's scary. But <laughs> yeah, but in general, I have a pretty high patience level i will tolerate a lot of shit until i get tired of it mm-hmm. and at this point i had kind of gotten tired because i realized that he was in deeper than he realized <laughs> and and i'm saying this as someone who the before dating him my longest relationship was like two months three months max mm-hmm. so for me to recognize it it was kind of a statement of wow and I had kind of dragged in some of my friends and my family, and I was just like, the fuck is going on? So I kind of snapped, and I told him at that point that he was going to have to spend three months without me, without talking to me, without any kind of contact, because I was tired. I wanted him to grow up, because at that point, he was still fairly immature and kind of never been forced to take on real responsibilities in, you know, an adult situation in an mm. adult relationship. How did that make you feel? Oh, it devastated me. Especially since I realized that I had hurt you and that was the furthest from anything I wanted to do. So, uh, I, I did let you know that, that, that I was very, 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 very sorry, but I also uh, agreed to your terms. Because what what the hell was I going to do? I wasn't going to be like, No, you keep talking to me. I demand it. Yeah. And so thankfully he was a, you know, a man child. And he manned up in this situation. He's like, <laughs> you know, put his big boy pull-ups on and he was fine. And you'll hear Finn in the background because <laughs> I finally got her new collar with the bell. And right now she's just kind of enjoying her life and her bell. This is a cat that loves colors. Oh, yeah, so we'll get to that, too, because that's part of our story. But, um, so I decided not to do the three months wait because I saw his devastation and I realized he was being real with me. I didn't want to deal with the bullshit. I'm just, I I don't deal really well with bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't put up with it. I don't handle it. It's a problem for me. And so I went ahead and I, um, I kind of made it. A thing where he had to do some things to change to be with me and it was realistic changes it was you know have some confidence believe in yourself mm-hmm. like it's not my job to hold somebody up like that's your job as a person your, your job yeah. is to know yourself and hold your own self mm-hmm. and he did a really good job of that thank you uh, it took a it took a lot of work it's taken on quite <laughs> yeah. a bit of work but I mean, he put the effort in from the minute I said, do it or I'm gone. He was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to say this right now. I knew I loved him and I was in love with him within a week. And for someone that has never said I love you to a person in you know, a romantic situation or anything like that, it was a huge statement on my part. 
But I knew, I knew the minute that I messaged him, if he was into me, then this was going to be the guy. Like there was going to be no other person, no other girl, no other guy. I was just, that was it. So I had to be all in or all out in this situation because I'm not known for my flights of fancy. Hmm. And so I kind of made him do some changes. Indeed. And what were some of your changes? Again, um, I think this is not what would immediately come to mind, but uh, I needed a lot more straightforwardness instead of uh, dancing around things and um, shying away from them and being like, ah, I'll get to it. Uh, I uh, needed to be better at tackling uh, things head on. Um, of course, there, like you mentioned before, there's more responsibility. And there's also um, making decisions for myself and sticking by them. Yes, that that was the big one. Hmm. I was waiting for you to say that one because that was your <laughs> biggest one. Was He was very indecisive. It was, well, whatever you're happy with. Or, you know, there, there was no, like, personal opinions that really about us and about our relationship and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you had your own about like political leanings and stuff like that, but otherwise, I mean, come on, I went 40, what, 4,500 miles away almost to find you. So I think we're, hmm. yeah. Atlanta girl, German guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before you've, I've always leaned a little bit more into going with the flow and things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm fairly good with the flow, but I need someone that's going to be able to stand up for themselves and, and make a statement. Which, I mean, I've also stood up for you, too, as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Papa, my father-in-law, I call him Papa. He definitely learned the lesson on that one. <laughs> Indeed. I stopped talking to my father-in-law for six months. She did. Because I was just tired of the shit. Mm-hmm. Told you, when I when I have my statements, I'm done. When yep. I make a final de- decree, it's final it's not coming back it's not changing nothing is going to go around it mm-hmm. so we dated for about a year mm-hmm. we started dating in july and by the way we can time when we were dating because he was my he declared himself basically like my boyfriend um on the day that a friend of a friend was having a birthday party and so i went <laughs> and and we you know went there and then afterwards, we just had time to kill, so we went and saw Pacific Rim. So that's how I can that's how I can time it. <laughs> so, you know, we were together for about a year, and then in June, I proposed. She did. Because I thought it was silly to wait for a year, when mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be with him eleven months before that. So, this is just wasting time. And so I proposed when he least expected it. Mm-hmm. You can tell him, not me. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much I want to go into detail, but we're, we were having an intimate moment. Yes. And I just decided that it was time. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. Again, I'm a little headstrong. I don't know if anybody has noticed this in, in the previous podcast episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit headstrong. Wee bit independent. Nah. Not me. But we were having our intimate moment, and I and I proposed. And then he surprised the shit out of me because December of 2014, I graduated college with my 
um, bachelor's in English and my history and minor. I've been working off and on since I graduated high school. I was in my 30s at the time. Um, I'm still in my 30s, but I was much earlier in my 30s. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to graduate. And then how did you surprise me? Well, I just told you that I wanted to attend. And what did you do? I attended. Yes, he did. Now, the big news for this guy, the big huge news for this is he had never left Germany before, mm -hmm. which means he had never been on an airplane. Anyone that knows the flight patterns from Atlanta to Germany knows his, his closest airport is... Frankfurt. There you go. And so he went from Frankfurt to Atlanta, an international flight, <laughs> 10 hours as his first flight ever, so he could come watch me graduate from college. Yeah. That's when you know you've got a good person, by the way. That's some dedication, because that's an $800 flight, y'all. That ain't mm. no cheap flight. And neither one of us are particularly rich, so it was a, oh, a yeah. very big statement at the time. Mm. And so he came. He got to the airport. Mm-hmm. Who did you meet? Oh, uh, I was asked the usual entry questions, and they asked me about my job. And I let them know that I didn't have one at the time. And oh, I don't remember the color, but uh, it was something like, we have a... Uh, let me make up a color. We have a green folder. And I was like, is there a problem? And they're like, no, no problem. And... Then I was led to sort of, some would call it a waiting room, others would call it a communal holding cell, where um, desperate people were sitting, often with uh, their small children. And I had the pleasure of waiting for like an hour or so. And, and in the meantime, I was freaking out, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And then... Uh, I was kind of grilled about what I was doing in the States because apparently they thought uh, that I had so much more opportunities for a good job and good uh, benefits in the States than over in Germany where I get free health insurance. And help. Yep. <laughs> Social safety net help. So that, that was a little bit odd and it came down to them uh, um, asking for Jess's telephone number to uh, countercheck my story and hopefully entangle her in some kind of contradiction. And what did you do when they called you? Oh, first of all, I had a panic attack the first time they called me because I didn't answer it because I didn't know the number because I don't answer numbers I don't know. I'm mm -hmm. goofy that way. So I was like, the fuck? And then they called back and... Mm -hmm. They started asking questions. What were you going to do? Were you going to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I had gone on Groupon at the time and gotten a couple of different things for us to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. This, this. Do you need any more information? Here's what I'm doing. No, I don't work right now because I'm coming out of school. But yes, I'm going to go get a job. What else do you want to know? I turned around it back on them because um, I'm Southern mm -hmm. and I was a pissed off woman. It didn't turn out well for them. Mm -hmm. And I also remember that, that you had a neat little trick where you uh, stated that you're angry at me for letting you wait, but made sure that, that they realized 
it was more them that you were angry at without having any legal recourse for that. Exactly. Hmm. Because you see, guys, it had been about mm, 11 and a half hours at this point where I'd had no contact with him. Hmm. Because we didn't have like the $40 for the internet on the plane. Mm-hmm. So, actually, no, it had been longer than that because you had been, no, kind of close to like, what, 16 or 17 hours at that point. Mm-hmm. Because I'd been no, waiting at the airport. Right. And also, you had to get, you had to leave, um, you had to leave where you were staying for to go and do all that. So, mm-hmm. to be, and, and to be clear, guys, we talk like multiple times a day. So, yeah. I was already a little, a little bit freaked out and mm-hmm. upset. There are usually more hours in the day where we are connected via Skype or anything like that than there are right. hours that we are not. Exactly. Because, I mean, I have Skype on my phone. I take it with me. Like, just because we're not together physically does not mean that we're not together, like, in a setting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently after the call with the Border Patrol guy, what happened after that, sweetie? Well, this very, very tough... I would say he was as tough as he was short, which is very, very. Uh, and typically mustachioed man uh, hung up the phone and turned to me and said, she yelled at me. And you're like, no shit, you pissed her off. I was like, yep, that's her. <laughs> well, he, he did say, uh, well, she yelled at you, but, but she yelled. And I was like, yep. And after getting that earful uh, from my beloved, they decided that I was either the genuine article or not worth the trouble of dealing with her, so they let me go. And let me point out right here, too, at the time I was a journalist, because I was working part-time for a website online Mm. as a freelancer, and and I had a couple of people on the news through Twitter, all I would have had to do was DM them and state what was going on. Mm-hmm. They would have come a calling because anything that can get anything on the news was from Hartsville International Airport is gonna happen. That's a and it's gonna make big news because we're the busiest airport in the goddamn world. So mm-hmm. really, I wasn't the one to screw with at the time. I wasn't yep. a famous person. I didn't have any of that. I was just smart. I was networking, and I knew people. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to go down that road if I needed to because. When I found out they had the kids and the moms there, mm-hmm. he can he can verify I was pissed. Yeah. Quite. I was ready to start like mowing and rolling and like mowing people down. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't screw with kids, man. Yeah. That's one of my that's one of my trigger lines. Screw with a kid, you gotta mess with me. Mm-hmm. Ask the boy that you know was mean to my little brother and I hit him so hard that his Feet went above his head. He was probably about five eight. I'm five two. Hmm. Don't don't do. To that. be fair, you were both kids at the time. That's well. I was, well no. At the at the time, my little brother was like eight. I was almost eighteen. Yeah, but you were not eighteen yet. Let's let's yeah. keep that on record for legal reasons. Okay, I was like seventeen and a half. Okay, so maybe just turning seventeen. Anyway. So I got him here, and it was the best thing I'd ever seen because I'd only seen him online. And Likewise. Yes. So I dropped my purse in the middle of the area where he was coming out, and I just launched myself at him. <laughs> and anyone that knows me knows that that takes a lot because we had gone through a lot of problems in that year and a half. 
let, let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. We'd gone through a lot of problems, and there was a couple times where we almost broke up because I couldn't handle the... Strain? The strain, but also I couldn't handle the constant... Um, being in different places at different times sometimes, mm-hmm. like not yeah. physical places, but mental places. Mm-hmm. So there was, a, there was some times where I was getting fed up and I was telling him to grow up mm-hmm. flat out. Anyone that knows me is not surprised by this. But I was so glad to have him. Like we went to my graduation rehearsal. We went to my graduation. We heard... Mm-hmm. The guy in the graduation speech talk about Eminem in 2014, like it was 2002. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was some Republican who I believe was later disgraced for some reason or other. No, he hasn't been disgraced. No? He's still in office, in fact. Oh, still to come then. Okay. Yeah, he's still in office. Um, But but yeah. We we called him Martin Freeman meets George W. Bush in the Mm. face. And yeah, he, he threw in an Eminem quote for, for the sake of how do you do, fellow kids. Yeah. I was like, okay. But it Whatever was... Uh, your boat. It also was uh, very cold in there because it was the same venue that was preparing for an... Uh, ice hockey. What is, yeah. What to say? Ice hockey match the next day. Yeah. So everybody uh, was wearing thick jackets. <laughs> yeah. Except for those who are in the stupid graduation gown stuff. On the ice. Yeah. We were sitting like, there was mats between us and the ice. Um, But our first date was actually after the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. The graduation rehearsal day. And that was fun. Because, like, we got to go. I took him to one of my favorite restaurants, which is Marlowe's Tavern, if anyone's ever from Atlanta. Um, We went to the one over by the Gwinnett Arena. And it was great because that had been in my home base for a little while before I had to move because of stuff was going on with my mom anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to move and I had so much fun taking him there and letting him see things and, you know, giving him a clue into who I was. And then where did we go on our really big date that time? Oh, uh, do you mean downtown Atlanta? Uh-huh. But what did we do? Oh, we, uh, well, some would say that you made a mistake. Yes, I made a very big mistake. Because, you see, in all my Grouponing, I forgot one tiny fact. I'm really fucking afraid of heights. I mean, like, I freak out really well. I go to Dragon Con, and I still don't look down. I, I can go to, like, the Sundial Room and the Westin Peachtree, and I don't look down, even though I'm eating in a restaurant that's rotating. So uh, tell the listeners what you booked for us. So I booked the, <laughs> I booked the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I booked the which which is like the equivalent of the it's a smaller version of the London Eye if anybody knows what that looks mm-hmm. like. And uh, remind me again, when did you remember that you were afraid of heights? When we were about, I don't know, twenty feet in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's so, a real slow ride. There was a lot of holding her hands. But not rocking the boat, to the bucket too much because I was afraid we were going to turn over. Yeah. The candies they gave us for that particular deal didn't help me that much. Mm. But Y'all, her, chocolate didn't help. That's how scared I was. To your great, great credit, you still made sure to point out some things uh, that I may like to see in the city, even while we were up there and you were scared. Well, because I had you. I had to show something for you. Yeah. Just 
I need to make sure that everybody knows the way you are. Well, you were here. You had to see. And then after that, we went to um, Centennial Park, mm -hmm. where it was kind of fun. And we had a ball. Yeah. We had a really big ball. Um, and then I got to, that was the time that I took him on Marta, y'all. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting experience. Because when I picked him up from the airport, we actually took my car because I don't live anywhere near the train line. And I didn't want to deal with trying to get through Marta through the um, where I was because the international line is not near the Marta train in any way. Hmm. The Atlanta airport is dry fucking huge. And so, yeah. Anyway, so I went there. So we did all that. And then what did we do for Christmas? Well, for one thing, we saw your family. Uh-huh. And you got to meet the nephews. Mm -hmm. So to clarify, my one of my younger nephews, Luke, was a baby. He was about three months at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny um, baby. Teeny tiny. But Liam, which is the second youngest, is three months older than the longest of our relationship. So hmm. literally he watched Liam grow up and he literally watched him on my computer. Like I would babysit him and we would be on Skype while, you know, hmm. my mom and my and my dad and um, my brother and his wife were, you know, enjoying life or whatever in the other room. Hmm. And I would do that so that way... My sister-in-law had time to eat without having to have a baby in her hand. Yeah. I understood the, the, I watched it for one time and I was like, you know, I can eat in here and I can just be here and we can do it this way. Anyway, so he's, he'd watched Liam grow up yeah. and the boys loved him. Well, no, I take that back. The first time Luke wasn't a baby yet. Luke wasn't born yet. That was the second time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um... Liam was a baby, and he'd watched him grow up, and so it was just mm. a, this huge deal. Yeah, I think he was like a year and a half when I was there mm -hmm. this time. A year and a half, like, yeah, thereabouts. Mm. So he was having a ball playing with him, and he's Uncle Spin, everybody. Not, <laughs> not Uncle Sven, but Spin. For whatever reason, kids have trouble with that in America, so they always call him Spin. So mm. everything is signed Uncle Spin. Mm. Because he's and always involved in their presents and stuff like that, their birthday yeah. presents and stuff. And when I first met him, it, it was like my typical way uh, with a toddler because I'm a little bit uh, tall, I'm a little bit beardy, and uh, usually they're afraid of me. So I try to go way down to their level so they're not afraid of me. And once I'm at that level, they, they think that it's great fun to play with me, so I do because I don't want to disappoint them. And so I spent an hour or two or three or more. He mm. was like out of breath at certain parts when they were playing cars. Because mm. you were just running it up and down in the kitchen. Yeah. Also, I needed to make the sound effects. It's, it's not right without the sound effects. See, this is why I say he's going to be a great father one day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we already know that. Um, but so we had fun. We had all that. But then what else happened on Christmas? Oh, yeah. We, we uh, saw... Uh... That a jeweler was having a sale, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was, before it was actually we saw going it out of actually. business. Mm -hmm. It was actually they were going out of business, but yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want to drag this down too much. Yeah, that, that was the case. Yeah. So uh, we decided to get some really nice rings and put them on each other's finger. Yes. For the record, they are wedding rings, but we are not married yet. Mm -hmm. um, not technically. Inter international relationships can be real difficult if you're not rich. 
Yeah. Or on 90 Day Fiance where you can get some <clears throat> cash from TLC to get shit running along. Mm. Um, so it takes a little while longer. But yes, we have wedding rings and we wear them on our hands. Freaked everybody out too because I thought I was married. I was like, how? <laughs> I tried, by the way. I wanted to, but I went to mm. lawyers and lawyers Same. said, if I did, it would be very difficult for him to come back. So because... Mm. Apparently, people think you just want to keep people. I'm like, no, I would go back. I would. Anyway, hmm. um, so we were trying, but it didn't work out that way. So we exchanged our rings, and he had to go back a couple, like about a week and a half later, thereabouts. Hmm. Yeah, he had to go back. What else happened during that trip? Uh, a lot of crying, for one. Yeah, but also... Um, I'm also thinking of the fact that my uncle was sick and died. Oh, yeah, that was that, too. Yeah. And the CB... Like a day or so before. Yeah, and the CBP guy um, told you that, you know, if you didn't get on that plane, he would mark you down, and I was scared to death about that. Yeah. So, the day of my uncle's viewing, I had to take him to the airport. Yeah. And then I had to go to the viewing afterwards. That was, I was not a good I was crying day. about him, but not my uncle. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, y'all can't see, but I'm just like talking with my hands right now because I'm acting real southern. <laughs> um, I'm just pointing to everything. Never stop pointing. Yep. And I've got a couple of pictures I'm gonna put on the thing for this one. I'm gonna send him a picture that I have from his first time here, and I want you guys to see it. it it's quite fun. Um. But our family kind of grew in another way because I had feral cat colonies around me and mm -hmm. I found some kittens and then the kittens didn't get adopted out because everybody wants a dog where I was. Hmm. So I suddenly had a lot more cats. Yeah. Especially. And we were naming them. Hmm? Hmm. Especially late, later on when uh, your roommate moved in and decided that her cats need to be there too. Yes. And at this time, we had quite a few cats, mm -hmm. but um, we were naming them, coming up with them, mm -hmm. and he actually named a few of them. Mm -hmm. he, named the, he named the twins. Well, I named Fireball, but I called the wrong one Fireball. Oh, to explain the story. So this was back in early March, and they were probably, or early April, and they were about a month old, and... The twins are the two orange cats, Fireball and Finnick. Mm -hmm. And Fireball was actually the name of Finnick, but I had gotten their their genders wrong because it's kind of hard to tell sometimes with a month old cat that's drowning. Mm. So, oh, you, you have to you have to mention it was a really 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 bad rainstorm. Yeah, it was like torrential downpours. So, I rescued them from outside. Quartering too. Yeah, and so I rescued them and and kind of. Got them nice, and then I let them back out because, you know, whatever. And then the, my neighbors next door, the ones that I found them, were like, hey, you know, there's two cats outside. It's raining again. So I came and got the two orange ones because that colony is full of orange cats. Mm -hmm. um, so I came and got the two orange ones, and I mis I misidentified Fireball. Mm -hmm. Fireball is the boy. Yeah. At the time, Finnick was the, fire, the original Fireball. Actually, yeah. I think at the time you thought they were both boys because you didn't think that an orange cat could be a female, right? Right. And so, but I had named, I didn't have a name for Finn. 
And you came up with the name for Finnick. Mm -hmm. Because I, I thought um, being orange like they are and the personality uh, being what it was, that being at the time a little bit prone to running, but also quite curious, I thought, oh, Fennec, like, like a fox. And also the ears, because she yeah. had these huge ears and this little tiny head. She mm. grew into her, uh, she grew into her ears finally, mm. but that's who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have those, and then along the way we picked up a few more, mm -hmm. and some we adopted out, and some you know got pregnant and they had to get fixed because I was I was fixing them as I could, but it gets kind of expensive even yeah. with you know some kind of help, and so. Eventually, um, one of the outside cats had had a couple of litters at that mm. point. We had Dee Dee by that point. Um, Dee Dee went missing, but Dee Dee is short yeah. for Dialos. Mm. And I called him Dialos because I found him on the Day of the Dead. And I didn't think mm. I should call him dead. Mm. Well, uh, also because he kind of looked like a hamster when he was a tiny little kid. And his full yeah. name was Dialos Hamster. Yeah. And so we had Dee Dee, but he went missing about a year, Sadly. a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. He ran out the house. So I never, he never came back. Hmm. Um, we are pretty sure that he found another family, honestly. Yeah, because like Dee Dee was a total person cat. Like he was not feral at all. Hmm. Um, and so, but and he was born outside, but then his mom brought him to me. His hmm. mom brought his first two. And then the third one she had under my bed. Like, literally mm -hmm. under my bed in the box springs when I say she had the babies. I mean, in the mm -hmm. box springs. Oh, uh, maybe before we go to that point, I'd like to point out that the mother cat, uh, her name was Moki, first uh, decided that she's an indoor cat be because she just kept walking in and at some point just stayed. Yes. And also, uh, when she brought Dialos in, he was a little bit too big for her to carry because she's a very tiny cat. So she kept dropping him until... Uh, she made it most of the way across the kitchen and was like, okay, you're on your own. I'm, go I'm walking, you follow. <laughs> and he did. He had some issues walking, but he figured it out fairly fast because the, the food mobile was going away and he would like to have some food now. <laughs> hmm. So Smokey had her last litter because I got her fixed right after this. Um, hmm. She had her last litter and they all had interesting names. There was five of them. Hmm. There was Buttons, there was Mouse, Harley Quinn, what was the other one? Uh, I'm trying to remember, but it doesn't come back to me right now. Yeah, Sorry, it's been, it's been a couple years and there's been a yeah. lot of cats in between. Um, but they all had names that mattered. And then there was... Lobo. And who is Lobo named after? He's named after the, the um, somewhat off-color DC character. Because Jesse knows that I love uh, the character for the humor, and she surprised me by giving uh, the runt of the litter that name. And the runt of the litter is very, very attached. When you hear a cat on this podcast, that's who you're hearing more than likely. Mm -hmm. Just for the record. So we've got Lobo, and then along the way, there was another litter, because there was a lot of litters before we got the cats fixed this past spring. Mm. Uh and that litter was Sunny's litter. Sunny mm -hmm. is short. By the way, Sunny's litter was Blossom, Harry, for March Harry, because they were born on Mar um, the first, March 1st, and then Jubilee and Sunny. Sunny mm -hmm. is short for Sunshine. 
Why mm. did I call him Sunshine? Because he was born in spring. And? and because he's orange and white, and he's kind of a ray of sunshine when it comes to his personality. And? Oh, yeah. There's also the fact that it's also a name that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Sven is Sunshine. That he's been, you know, the song You Are My Sunshine, he's literally the person that's kept me sane sometimes. I've been suicidal, but he still kept me sane. He and it's it's not a it's not a little thing to carry as a person because mm. I've kept him from being too dark as well. We balanced it yeah. out, even though we both have pretty deep depressions. Like I've got mm. MPDD, which is um, major depressive disorder. Yeah, and you definitely have depression. Oh yeah, and so there's there's a lot mm. of emotional carrying and mm. sometimes in our relationship. Yeah. And to get back to that cat litter, it was a litter that you uh, originally didn't want to take in because you already had so many cats around and it's also hard to feed them all. Mm -hmm. But it was a litter of a stray cat in the neighborhood and she kept carrying them across the street and you got worried that they may get run over so you uh, brought them in. Yes. And so somehow... Okay, so we should explain. Harry went missing. And Jubilee before you brought a, them in. Yeah, before I brought them in. And then um, Jubilee, Blossom, and Sunny were around. Jubilee was a calico. Blossom was a bobtail seal point. And Beautiful Sunny cat. is yeah, and Sunny is an orange and white. Um but Jubilee died, unfortunately. Calicos and gray cats in that in that colony have a really hard time surviving. Mm. That's why Lobo is the only surviving one. Um, in Smokey's first litter, nothing survived. None of them survived. Yeah. I was going to keep one of them named Gremlin, and I called it, I spelled it Grim, like Brothers Grim. Mm. Um, and then there was Dee Dee. He was the only surviving one we know of that litter, and then Lobo. So yeah. it, Again, Smokey was also very, very tiny, and uh, we, we are pretty sure that he started having uh, litters too soon. We are also pretty sure that he had some kind of genetic disorder. Yeah, and so it... And Smokey's mom is Sonny's mom. So mm. there's a connection there. That, mm. That's where I was going with that. And so it's kind of been difficult with keeping them together. And so somehow I ended up with Sunshine. Blossom ended up knocked up because I hadn't had time to get her fixed because I have it just I didn't have a job at the time. I was looking for a job, but trying to get a job in this day and age can be somewhat of a problem. And my freelancing had kind of dried up and it wasn't consistent enough to actually pay the rent. Mm. So, and uh, it's not like we had an uh, unfixed tomcat in the house. It was more like that um, she found a way to knock the hose that connects the dryer, the closed dryer to the outside. She found a way to knock that off the wall and just walk out through that hole. Yeah, they'd walk out and then walk back in and I wouldn't know because I'd be sleeping when they do mm. it usually. Tell them how you discovered the, uh, how she got out and... Uh, where how you got her back when she got uh, after she got out uh well i know i noticed it when i looked down and i could see the outside from the dryer hose yep i looked down i went that's kind of bright and sunny wait that should be dark it's behind the dryer Mm-hmm. so then i went and got her and yeah, so, because when she tried to walk back in and was already knocked up, she got stuck in the hole. Yes, she got literally her her head got stuck in and her back paws were just kind of like pedaling. Like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? 
That's how I got Blossom back in. Mm. That's how I also discovered I had other cats at the, at the time. There was other ones that had been born in the colony. And, uh, <laughs> well, they got knocked up too. Because, again, I didn't know the hole was in the wall because I thought mm. the dryer code was attached where it was supposed to be. Mm. So I uh, had a whole bunch of cats knocked up. And that, that, was the, that was last year when I had two litters born on my bed. And I do mean yep. litters, literally born on my bed. Like didn't they, they wake were beside you up me. Huh? Didn't you wake, wake up from it? Yeah, twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I woke up to two litters being born beside my face as I was yep. sleeping. They trusted you. Which, go team them, I think. I was working mm. at that time, so I was sleeping a lot. I was working, I'm, I've been working retail for the past two years, so I've been sleeping a lot when I wasn't working. Mm. Um, but so, you know, we've had all these cats, and they've all had names, and they're all connected to us. Mm. And like I said, Lobo is my like highly attached cat. But then you came and you visited again. Mm-hmm. About two years later, you visited again. Yep. And this time, the first time it was for three weeks. This time it was for two months. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome fucking two months. Oh yeah. Because we tend we try and spend Christmas together because it's like the one holiday we both really really enjoy and it brings a whole lot of joy into our life. So the second time you came again for Christmas, because I graduated, I should mention I graduated in December, so there was that connection as well. And so you came back, and you were here for two months, and it was, like, amazing. I agree. (laughs) And you got to play with baby Luke then, because Luke was in three months old. I was wrong on the other timeline. Oops, my bad. There's a lot of timelines to keep in my head. It's a bit, it's a bit like being married to a writer of, say, Doctor Who sometimes. <laughs> um, so, so there's a bunch of streamlining there. But you got to be around Luke, and Luke loves you too. And by the way, they still talk to Uncle Spin. I have, like I said, I have Skype on my phone, so he literally will talk to them on Skype, or I'll bring my computer over sometimes when I have proper working speakers because this phone, this computer doesn't have them. And I'll let them talk to him through that. So there are options. Uncle Spin is very much still a part of their life, and they enjoy family time with him. Mm-hmm. But having him around kind of can be somewhat difficult, too, because it's, it's painful to let him go. The mm-hmm. first time he left, oh, my God, I was, like, bawling down 85 at, like, 5 o'clock traffic, which anybody that's ever been to Atlanta knows that's not really the time to be crying and having tears running down your face because you kind of need to watch people that are trying to hit you. Yeah, they, they, they seem pretty intent on that. Yeah, generally speaking. And so the second time we also cried. And mm. to bring this back a little bit, it's been on the 16th, it'll be two years since he was here. Yeah. And it's very, very, very difficult sometimes having a long-distance relationship. You know, you kind of don't realize how tactile you are until the person that you want to be touched and, you know, just a simple, like, hand-holding or, you know, when one goes to the bathroom and the other one is still in bed getting a kiss and going, you know, back to sleep, stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. kind of don't realize how much you miss it, but, God, I miss it. Every day I miss that connection because he's my sanity and a very real way like if I'm, very mutual. if I'm feeling down 
I know I can call him. Like, there, there are times when I'm in my department by myself at work that I actually do call him and talk to him. Mm. And he can tell how frustrated I am, especially if I'm doing it during that. Mm. But there's a whole lot of um, miscommunication and... I'm, I'm a very touchy person. Like, I will touch you. I will hug you. I will lean over and kiss you. I will just do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so, and, and it not just as a, as a, you know, lover and as a, you know, fiance, but also as just, in general, that's me. I've always mm. been that kind of a person. Yeah, I'm you very, always express your um, affection in that way. I'm very warm. Um, yeah. And so for me, it's a, it's very much a difficult thing not to have that close by. And it just, it becomes very difficult and very saddening sometimes. Because, like, I love Valentine's Day. The first Valentine's Day we ever had is this last one that he, that he was here. That's mm. the first time in our whole time together that we've ever had a Valentine's Day together. Yeah. And it was the best because that's when he gave me Bunny Leaf. <laughs> And I gave him Frog Gina because, okay, to, to clarify, the first time we started going together, I got him a frog for that Valentine's Day. And I just kind of continued that, that on when hmm. he came this last time. So first he's got Froggy and then he's got Frog Gina. Uh, I should uh, point out, it, it's plushies, not, not a real frog. In yeah, case somebody's confused. Yeah, it's like, it's, you know, stuffed animals. It's like the little ones you buy for the holiday. And then for... Me, he gave me Bunny Lease, and I want you to tell the story on Bunny Lease. Yeah, it was pretty pretty uh, straightforward because um, you had gotten me uh, Froggy and Frogina as uh, essentially a stand-in to, to cuddle when we're, we can't be in the same place. And um, obviously you deserved to have one too. So uh, I did get you that on... Uh, on that very well Valentine's Day, and the name actually comes from uh, something I told her about my childhood. That being uh, that I had a little blue teddy bear, and one day I was seeing uh, a learn learning English education program on TV, and I learned the sentence "My name is." So I tried it out with my teddy bear, but the teddy bear didn't have a name, so I called him Teddy Lee's. Off the top of my head. I don't know where I got the lease. I just put it in there. And I told Jessie about it. And she really liked that story. So when I got her a plushie. Uh, I made sure to get her one that is blue. And she made sure to uh, name it in that tradition. And that's kind of like where we are as a couple. Mm -hmm. We are very like integral in day to day stuff. Like I can. I talked to a pop up. Because he called, because, okay, so Sven lives with his parents mm -hmm. in the attic because he's batshit crazy. Anyway, so he lives in the attic. And so Papa will call and check in all the time because Papa is getting older. He's having trouble seeing, you know, he doesn't have that community because he lives, he, he can't walk. He doesn't have the ability. He's kind of disabled. So mm -hmm. Papa will call a lot. And so I'll talk to Papa through Sven all the time. And I'll talk to Mati, which is his mother, which is my mother-in-law. And I'll talk to her that way. And I call her Mati because I have two mamas. I've got my biological mama and I've got my godmama. So I didn't want to add another mama in it because I wanted my mother-in-law to have her own space in my life. 
because you know my two mamas had been going at it since I was born. You know, they a lot of back and forth and stuff like that until until my godmother became you know dementiaed and she couldn't really do that anymore. And so I wanted to make sure Mati had her own space in my life. Mm-hmm. So, and Mati is another word for mother. So I was like, that works for me. <laughs> um, and it's easy to write, even better. So, you know, we have a day-to-day life. I've met his sister and his niece. Um, through Skype. Mm-hmm, through Skype. And so we kind of have each other in our lives, and it works out really well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy. Like I said before, it's not easy, man. When you when you want to love someone, when you want to give them everything you are, it's really, really hard sometimes. It is unbelievably difficult Hmm. but it's also worth it because Hmm. I could not find a better match for me I'm also very hot headed and he handles that really well it's taken him a while to get to it but he handles it really well now Oh, this is where we can give a tip to uh, everyone else always learn uh, the way your partner copes and communicates yeah because at first it it took me a while to understand that uh, when Jessie is upset, she uh, needs some time to herself. And early on, I desperately tried fixing every problem by talking it through, and that's not how she processes it. So I needed to learn when to actually uh, stand back and let her get through it on her own. Because if you push me, I'll panic. And when I panic, I get vicious. I'm like when you, I'm like a cornered dog. Like I will attack mm. with all I am. And I used to get really mean with him, and it bothered me because this is a person that I love more than life itself. Like, I literally stayed alive at certain points because I knew it would hurt him. I didn't give a shit about me. I was done. I was out. I was mentally vacant at that point. But I knew it would hurt him. So I was like, okay, I can't do that. Um, I I have been suicidal in our relationship, and he's handled it really well. Um... It's not always been easy, but he's handled it really well. Until I learned my new coping mechanisms as an adult versus, you know, my childhood kind of damage kind of enveloping into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's finally learned my communication skills and he knows that when I'm panicking to back off. Because Mm -hmm. that means that I'm, I'm so overstimulated that I can't really catch my own breath. Yeah. And it's really not pretty and it's really damaging if you hit the wrong side of that Hmm. and so i wanted to make sure that you know he he learned that over time and that's really important i think Hmm. um but also like he does this podcast because i want him to he doesn't have to (laughs) and finn found her collar that i just took off (laughs) sorry um but he does this because i needed a guest and he would was willing to do whatever I needed to make this thing successful. And that's a partner because he'd never read romance. Like we said in Temptations of a Wallflower, mm-hmm. the, the only book he'd ever read at my recommendation was Milan Kundera's <laughs> The Unnatural, The Unbearable Likeness of Being. And so there is that, that moment of overlap and, but he, you know, reads these and he comes on the show and he supports me and, you know, he pushes things out just like I do for him because 
honestly, I don't really care about movie reviews, but he enjoys them. He enjoys his own niche and uh, the YouTubing and uh, that world and doing the merch and doing stuff like that. And that makes him happy. So I will fully and always support that. <laughs> and yeah, through all of this, I definitely have to emphasize basically anything I do for you, you do for me as well. Yeah. We're is, a partnership. Yeah. So big, big for uh, before anyone thinks that this is uneven. She she's saved my life many times. She basically saves it every day. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him, and there's nothing that I can describe on how much I love him. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a sick love. It's not like an obsession love. It's I'm whole because he's here. Mm-hmm. And when I get. I get lost in myself really easy because I'm, I'm super hard on myself. Like, yeah, I'm to the point of almost damaging to it sometimes because I'm such a perfectionist on certain things. Mm. And he's the one that calls me back and says, no, you're good at what you do. Don't be ashamed of it and don't run from it. And that's been really rare in my life to have that Mm. kind of, unquestionable support like there is nothing that i could do that he would not support me in hmm. and which is also a huge statement to be fair it's pretty easy because you're damn good at a lot of things and you wouldn't do anything that i disagree with so yeah that's pretty true i mean i'm not gonna go like you're not making it hard for me <laughs> i'm not particularly that kind of crazy um but there's no way to really describe our relationship except to watch us mm. and to see us and to listen to us. And if you follow me on Twitter, whether it's the Damsels podcast or my Jessica Hannon 81, I'll go back and forth sometimes on, on them. Um, you'll see a lot of you know retweets from him and stuff like that because... He does a lot of things that I enjoy, and I've learned a lot of things being in his world. And, you know, his love of, say, Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Which is a mild obsession at this point. I am the adult in this relationship. Someone has to be. Um, <laughs> but his love of Transformers kind of has overflowed a little bit into mine because I. His love of Transformers is why. I was so understanding of my nephew's love of rescue bots. We'll put it that way. Mm. Because I was like, okay, well, this is something I can watch. I can start from the beginning and figure this shit out. Mm. So I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Mm. Oh, my God, rescue bots, rescue bots, rescue bots. (laughs) Anyway. It's a really um, cute show. Yeah, it's a really cute show, and it really worked out for us. And so, but he like went above and beyond one Christmas. He went and found something that no one else could find. And my nephew was over the fucking moon to get that chase toy. (laughs) So he like his love and his, I want to say innocence sometimes of the world and, and in the best way, not in like a gross way, but like his innocence and it's not even like a childlike, innocence it's just like an innocence of he looks for the best in the world and 
he can't always find it, but he still looks for it, and he reminds me to do that sometimes, because sometimes I get very, very cynical. Yeah, but most of the time you do it on your own. <laughs> Let's be fair, you, you, always, you always are there for the people around you, and you... Whenever you see so that somebody needs help, you you are going to do whatever you can. Sure, that's pretty much my my baseline. But mm. what I mean is, is he reminds me to enjoy life. He reminds me of the beauty and the power and the amazing reality of walking this earth when the world may suck. Yeah. You know, like he reminds me, like we'll be on Skype and. He'll be like, oh, look at the cats, and I'll look over, and I'll see, like, Finn or Lobo doing something goofy. Like, Finn has a tendency to flop. You know how a dog flops? That's how Finn flops. And she'll just flop next to me and roll up and put her hands up. Like, hey, pets, anybody, anybody, pets. <laughs> and he'll show me that, and I'll be like, oh, oh, I almost missed it. I almost missed it. I can't miss it. It's too important. <laughs> so I think it's kind of an important thing to document and note that he kind of gives me that value of everyday life that I may have missed because I'm used to being a cynic. Hmm. And weirdly enough, you do the same thing for me because like, like, like you said before, there's something about us that reminds us to look for the good and look for the hope and look for the positive in the world instead of just despairing and focusing on all that doing wrong. And there's a lot wrong on the planet. Oh, yes. And there are, I mean, there are also some things that are painful, like, hmm. in case anyone doesn't know, I'm 37, literally that 81 is a year old, um, I'm 37, and so as you age, your body begins to not be able to, to necessarily carry the term easier, or hmm. there can be a lot of issues, and it's a fear of mine because we're still not together. Hmm. It's a fear that I won't be able to have a kid. And I don't and by the way, I don't necessarily mean like a biological kid. I, I'm not opposed to adoption, I'm all for it. I just don't know how easy it would be with some things in the past, so it may be the easiest solution, but it may not happen and it's very difficult because I look at him and I see this guy that would be a wonderful father. Like <laughs> if you saw him with kids, you would be amazed. He's patient. He's kind. When they do something wrong and they go to time out, he doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. He talks to them. He speaks to them in, in an appropriate language and he discusses why it was wrong. And that's kind of rare in where I'm from and in my family. And it's just this, this beautiful moment because you know he cares that deeply about another human being. And he cares about not damaging their, their psyche and you know, screwing up how they respond and how they react, and that's not always easy to find. It's nothing you wouldn't do. True enough. But it's very rare for me to see it mm. outside of me. And so, because I come from a big, loud Southern family, like, I mean, bar fight families, you know? <laughs> like, this is a family that will knock the shit out of each other and then at Christmas time they'll share a beer and watch the game. Like it's mm. it's just one of those, oh that happened, okay, moving on. And you're very much the opposite of that. You're my balance to that. Because I'm I'm still very much that. Like I'm don't get me wrong, I'm completely 
warm and open and inviting, but if I get angry, I can trip fast. And, you know, he's the opposite. So it kind of is a great balance when he balances my mood in those kind of situations. That's what a partner does, right? Exactly. Should be the bare minimum. Should be the bare minimum, but it's very, very rare. I mean, there were times when he was literally helping support me so I didn't get, like, no money to go feed, to eat my, to feed, to, you know, pay my electricity, to pay my gas. Hmm. Stuff like that. Because with gas comes water where I was living. Um, There's been a lot of taking care of each other when needed. Like, there's Hmm. been times where I've, you know, given him money when I didn't have a lot because... I would rather his family have some food. So we just kind of do what we need to do to get things done. We do, we just do what every good couple would do. It's we, we lean on each other when one of us is weak. Yes. And we don't lose ourselves in that moment either. So I think our relationship is not a bad one. No, I think it's a damn good one. <laughs> and I think we're lucky as hell that I found each other. Because if I hadn't have messaged you, we wouldn't have had this. And yeah. I can guarantee the world I probably would not be on Earth anymore. I can say the same. And sometimes it's very trite to say, you know, you'll find your person when you need them. But in this instance, it was very much the case. Mm-hmm. Because without him, I wouldn't have done some of the things that have earned me academic you know excellence mm-hmm. when I was you know learning about Germany and stuff like that like our relationship has given me a lot of confidence as well mm-hmm. I don't I don't run from things as much as I was because mm-hmm. sometimes all it takes is somebody who cares and says no really you are that good you you can do this yeah Imposter syndrome is real, but it's not truthful. And I still and I still work with that every single day. He's got a long journey when it comes to that. <laughs> always worth it. It's always just nice to have you backing me up. I agree. And and again, you do the same for me. Yes, but you're very good at what you do. Not as good as you. But you're different kind of good, so it's not a comparison. That's fair. I mean. In case you're wondering, he does the merch for who? Diamanda Hagen. Mm-hmm. And so he does a lot of the merch and he does a lot of the things and a lot of the gags and stuff like that in her videos. And I think it's kind of interesting because, as I mentioned, that's not really my genre. Hmm. But sometimes oh. you have to do things outside of it. Oh, I have to point out, when she says a lot of the gags, it's, it's I do the Photoshop. That's what I do for the show. But that is the gag, because if you didn't have it, it wouldn't make as much sense, because you need the visual to hit with mm. the verbal. Yeah, just, just want to make sure that nobody gets the wrong impression. I'm not a writer. No. That's me in the relationship. True. And my 20-something page papers. <laughs> and what do you call me? <laughs> I call you kitten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... In my defense, I I wasn't aware of some of the connotations that other people have with that term. It just came to me because she loves cats so much and she uh, 
is soft and kind-hearted in a lot of ways. And they have very sharp claws. <laughs> and at the same time, very elegant. Mm-hmm. I don't know about my elegance, but okay, thank you. Um, but also, he calls me Research Queen. Oh, yeah, that's what you're getting for. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he calls me Research Queen, and what's that last third one? Do you, do you mean the, the most attractive woman in the world? No. <laughs> no. What do you call me from the movie quotes? Oh, clever girl. <laughs> so I should note that we both love Jurassic Park growing up. Completely different areas, completely different reasons, but we love Jurassic Park. I've read the book and, and watched the movie. I actually prefer the movie. But anyway, mostly because it's about 20-something years since I've read the book. I was like 12. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. Um, but for Christmas one year, first one, right? Yeah. He brought me a Jurassic Park bag that was part of the like merch and stuff like that. So it, the word has a lot of connotations for me and a lot of memories outside of him, but with him now. Hmm. Yeah, it was. It was back. I, I was lucky to just still have it because uh, I got it uh, around the time that the first movie had just, I think, left theaters, something, something like that. And I got it and I put it away for a long time. And then I found it and I knew she, that she loves Jurassic Park and it's important to her. So I knew she had to have it because it's really, really well. You do. Thank you. This is usual in our relationship as well. Don't mind us. We, I fuss at him <laughs> continuously. It's part of our relationship. <laughs> okay. So that's a little bit of a relationship. And by the way, this episode happened because I was mentioning it in a, in a group chat that I have with a couple of different um, podcasts. This is the one with Boobies and Newbies, Bad at Love, NRI woman. Um, it's kind of like it's a group of where we kind of got together for the holiday cards and then it just kind of expanded out. And I wanted to mention it because I wouldn't have thought to make an episode of this for Valentine's Day without that. And I definitely want to, you know, push that out there and mm-hmm. let everybody know. They're good <laughs> colleagues. They're also very, very sweet and they're very, very helpful when I need them to be and I appreciate that more than anything. Um, I'm, we're going to end this episode now, so I'm not going to have a featured podcast for this episode, and the reason for that is I kind of want this one to stand on its own, same with promo, mm-hmm. so that will be back when I do the books again in next week, it should be dropping on Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure which one, I'm going to record them all this weekend, but... I want you guys to know that, like, Sven is the one that makes the graphics for all of this stuff. He's the one that uploads it to YouTube, and he's the editor. Because right now, I don't have the time for any of that. But he does, and he gives a lot of attention to this podcast, and I want to publicly, while he's here, thank him very much for the hard work he puts into this thing every single time. He also does some of the Patreon (laughs) stuff. so. So he's a big part of this podcast, and... I don't think y'all realize just how much it is because there are times when I feel like giving up where I think I am crap at this. Again, imposter syndrome, but he tells me Mm -hmm. I'm not and he pushes me to keep doing it. 
And he's the reason this podcast exists sometimes, flat out. So I want you guys to be aware of what he puts in. Well, I mean, you're the reason it exists. Because I would stop if it was not for you giving me that push. Mm -hmm. So he's a lot of the reason for this podcast in ways that maybe you guys don't always know. So if you enjoy the podcast, you should thank him. And his Twitter name is Creature underscore SH. That's the best way to get in touch with him. I know these facts. But but thank her more because she's the yes, one doing the podcast. The one that makes it actually appear in, away from the Ethernet because he also uploads it and does all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll put stuff together, but he actually does the, the hard labor sometimes, especially when I'm working. And working in retail, my hours are not always consistent and they're varied. Well, I do, I do some labor while you do the harder <laughs> labor. Uh, I'm going to do something. Uh, Help. <laughs> what is that? Even? That's my growling at you. Yeah, but is it more of a cat growl or more of a dog growl? It's kind of both. can't really decide. You're pissing off both sides of my personality mm. right now. The bitch and the kitten. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. The, the, mm-hmm. the entire Nickelodeon series. My goodness. Ah, uh, yeah, that was, I have, I, I'm, and I hope it's, it does your work justice. Okay, say goodbye, Gracie. Gracie's here? <laughs> Gra- Gracie? Gra- Gra- Gracie lives with uh, crazy. <laughs> I think we forgot to, f- hmm. didn't know we had a Gracie, but I think we haven't had <laughs> no, her. Oh, we haven't. Okay, say goodbye, George. Aren't y'all glad he's off the market and I have to deal with him now? (laughs) Well, thank you. It just wouldn't end well. All right, guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the holiday and the random episode of Love. I don't know. I haven't titled it yet, so who the hell knows what I'm going to call it? I ain't going to apologize for the language either. So. I'm going to call it good. All right, guys. You can find Damsel's podcast, obviously, wherever you catch your podcast. You can also find it on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Damsel's Podcast. You can also find it on Facebook, but I don't really do a lot on Facebook. I mostly just randomly use it because Facebook and I... It's, it's, Difficult to do sometimes. And then you can also email me at damselspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also catch the Patreon at patreon.com slash damselspodcast. I use the easiest thing you could think of to try and find me. Hmm. And if you go there and you pledge just a very tiny amount of money, you can hear us talk about terrible sex No, no, that was a good sex scene. The bad ones was the one we just did for Christmas. And the upcoming ones that are coming. No, no, you liked a girl oh, like okay. her. Oh, yeah, yeah and the other one was one you weren't in, so... No, no, was, we just didn't know for, for Christmas, Christmas on this one, dear. Oh, okay. He's got a great memory, y'all. Can't you tell? Especially That's since right, he's Susan. the one that uploaded the episodes and edited them. Okay. <laughs> Thanks yep. for listening, guys. <laughs> 
I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if you want to talk about it, if you guys want to, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Enjoy your, <laughs> enjoy your Valentine's Day. I hope you guys have a good one. If you don't have a significant other, enjoy your non-boyfriend day. If you don't believe in it, enjoy Thursday. <laughs> huh? Get yourself some chocolate. If they don't have a boyfriend, they could get themselves some. Okay, chocolate. but if you don't they like chocolate anyway. or if you're allergic to it, go get your favorite sweet treat. And if you don't like Damn sweet right. treats, I don't know what to tell y'all because get something spicy. Of whatever. Just make sure there's no sriracha in the cum. <laughs> I'm glad that you're the one who said that. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.